Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, Jesus introduces another important contrast that has to do with the subject of prayer. We'll spend this week and the next in Matthew 6, 5 through 8. We'll quickly agree that praying is a good thing. Indeed, it's a commanded thing. We should pray often, even unceasingly. But like most good things, even prayer can be corrupted. We learned last week that giving to those in need can be done in ways that void many blessings from God that you might otherwise expect. The similarity in warnings about giving and prayer is this issue of doing so with hypocrisy in our hearts. In other words, doing a good thing outwardly, but with wrong motivations in the heart. It seems that if we're doing good things for the purpose of appearing to be righteous to our fellow man, well, let's just say that is not pleasing to God. We can conclude then that of utmost importance is that we as Christians know and understand the difference, so that as Colossians 1.10 says, we will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, to please Him in all respects. Here is today's slice of the sermon entitled, Pray Like This, Part 1. Even if you are doing that praying in public, even if other people do see it, even if they are impressed, God is going to deal with one thing, you and your heart. That's what he's going to respond to, regardless of any facade that you might put up along the way. There's a song that Marsh and I like. It's not a profound song. It's not particularly spectacularly artful, but one line from it we love. God is not impressed with the loftiness of men. Oh, I remind myself that all the time. Now look at verse 7. And when you are praying, so notice, when you pray, when you pray, when you are praying, he assumes you're going to pray. And when you are praying, do not use meaningless repetition as the Gentiles do. For they suppose that they will be heard for their many words. This is a condemnation of certain kinds of prayers that are essentially patterned after pagans. It's pagan thinking that says the longer and louder you pray, the greater the chance of getting the desired results. Remember 1 Kings 18? The priests of Baal cried out in prayer from morning until noon, and they hadn't gotten what they wanted, so they kept on doing it until evening. This one is a real common one. Uh, you can find in uh, certain corners of Buddhism the, the prayer wheel inscribed with uh, certain written prayers to recite. I'm sure I would want to play Wheel of Fortune with that. I'd want to see which one I get for it. No, you're supposed to ritualistically Work your way around the wheel. The, the rosary is another example of violating the very same principle. You get your prayers answered. You earn merit with God by, by praying the same thing over and over and over and over and over. Repeat it, repeat it, repeat it, repeat it. It's exactly the right thing to do today, and exactly the same prayer is the right thing to do tomorrow, no matter what your circumstances are. 
The flaw behind all those such things is the notion that the acceptability of your prayer depends at least in part on the number of words or the number of prayers that we can rattle off. It's turning it into a mechanistic thing instead of a relationship thing. And it astounds me that so many Christians fall into exactly the same thinking by taking the model prayer that Jesus gave to the disciples. It's coming up. It's only two verses away now. And so many Christians take that model prayer, two verses after the one that condemns meaningless repetition, and they turn that model prayer into a ritual prayer prayer to be recited corporately every time you get together. Now, is that an evil thing to do? No. It's Scripture. And I don't mind you reading Scripture, memorizing Scripture. I don't mind us saying Scripture altogether. But when you think that that is some kind of special power attached to the ritual of reciting that prayer, friends, you've got to have a memory longer than two verses. And he just said, don't do it with meaningless repetition. So don't meaninglessly recite what he gave you. Now, don't get me wrong. Recite it if you want to. But it's not a ritual. It's an example. And when we come back and study it, you'll see what a glorious example it is. That example will open up all sorts of vistas for ways to pray that, that may just make your prayer life more glorious than you've ever known before. Well, he tells us how and where not to pray. How and where to pray in the inner room. Shut the door. That should be your main emphasis. But here's the really coolest part of this whole section. Why you can pray sincerely. Chapter 6, verse 8. So do not be like them. Them who? Them Pharisees, them scribes, the ones that do it as a ritual, over and over, repetition, publicly, to be seen by men. Don't be like them. Do not be like them. For your Father knows what you need Before you ask him. And you say, aha! That's on the extreme that you talked about. You sneaky Calvinist you. I mean, God knows what you need before you ask him. So you don't need to ask him. Does it say that? No. This is a great comfort. This is a great encouragement. Maybe up till this point you've been starting to think, you know, why, why pray at all? You know, my, my sacred cow's staggering over there. She's about to go down. Uh, how, what, what am I supposed to do with this? Well, look, Jesus wasn't condemning pouring out your heart to God. If it takes you an hour to do that, take an hour. If it's one of those emergency prayers, Lord, help, do it. Pray without ceasing. Anytime, all times, Every situation, every circumstance, every need, every time you don't have the wisdom that you need. So he's not condemning pouring out your heart to God. He's not uh, commenting on uh, telling God things that he already knows as if that's a problem. Because you can't say anything in prayer that God doesn't already know. But he loves to hear from you. He's called your heavenly father, right? Now... You understand how earthly fathers and mothers work. They understand their child uh, 
better than anybody. They know his or her needs better than anyone else does. Then when the child will go with his needs to his mother or father, that's exactly what the loving parents want their child to do. When they come and say, Mom, Dad, I know they also come and say, Mom, Dad. Okay. But it melts your heart, doesn't it? And, and you know that they don't understand the full big picture. But they know that you're mom. They know that you're dad. And they, maybe they just need a hug. They just need to pour out their heart. They need to say what hurts. You know, God delights in hearing the cries of His children, your joys and your sorrows. Think of it this way. God is in this relationship with you for better or for worse, for richer or for poorer, in joy and in sorrow and in sickness and in health. He says, come, talk to me. What Jesus condemned is the spirit of fear and distrust that would cause a person to be skittish about approaching God and babbling on and on to try to placate Him, to get Him to to respond favorably. He's already your Father. He already adopted you. He sent His Son to die, to bring you into this relationship. He just wants to hear from you. And He loves it. Let me tell you this too. Language doesn't matter in prayer. I know that it's possible to be intimidated, intimidated by the way that some people pray. I was several times in the presence of a pastor that I knew. He's with the Lord now. and uh, He could pray and he would make you suspect that you were hearing the echo of God's own voice. I mean, when... When he prayed, I felt small. <laughs> and that's a good thing. Because in the eyes of God, I, I am. But, but I come to my loving Heavenly Father. When you hear some precious saint lapse into perfect Elizabethan English to pray, uh, you might wonder if God would ever be listening to your stumbling little prayers. When you're around people who seem to pray in public... As if it's second nature. You wonder if your prayers could ever be adequate. Trust me, they are. Maybe you're poor at speaking in front of people in any situation. And so to, to, to do something as intimate and personal as let someone else hear your prayers, that, that may paralyze you. I got good news for you. You got an inner room. Go there. Shut the door. Stammer, babble, repeat yourself, spend as long as you need to. The good news is none of those things matter in prayer. The idea of using different pronouns and different verb forms in prayer or in quoting Scripture, that's utterly ridiculous. God listens to your heart. Speaking with God, by the way, is the one and only time that you can say that horribly overworked phrase, and it's true. You can say, you know. You know what I mean. Do you see it there? 
For your heavenly Father knows what you need before you ask Him. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.